Forgot. No thinking from Nick today. Done and done. <laughs> Welcome to Geeks Without God with Tim Wick, Nick Glover, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we have an actual Minnesota State House representative, Mike Freiberg. He's here to talk about religion and politics and Minnesota politics in general. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Nick Glover. Hey, that's me. And Molly Glover. I'm Molly Glover. That is correct. And we are joined (laughs) by a very special guest. This is the first time we have ever had an actual state representative Mm -hmm. from the state of Minnesota. That's right. We have Representative Mike Freiberg. I should say this is the the House, the Minnesota House, not the U.S. House, just so people aren't like, oh, my God. Right. Like, I can't believe there's an actual out atheist in the United States House of Representatives. There is, there is but not. she sucks. Oh, in the Senate, yeah. Oh, anyway. <laughs> oh, Kristen Cinema. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we have Representative Mike Freiberg currently representing uh, House District 45B in the state of Minnesota, but running to represent House District 43B. He has not moved. We just had a census, and they rearrange everything. So welcome, Yay. Mike. Thanks Yay. for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's great being here and seeing how the magic gets made. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. We don't believe in magic. We don't. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the first thing is you have written into our podcast a couple of times. You listen to our podcast. And, and we were just talking about, uh, you know, is there room for atheists in politics? And you would seem to indicate, based on your statement so far, that there is possibly room for atheists in politics, at least on the state level. Do you think so? I, I think so. I mean, I can't, I haven't done a census of legislators or anything <laughs> like that. Um, but I do think there are more and more um, members of the Minnesota House and Senate who recognize that many of their constituents um, may not believe in in, hmm. in, a, in a God. They may not be religious. Hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I remember when I, I first got elected 10 years ago, the, the Minnesota Atheists and the Humanists, they both have organ, organizations, they had an event. Uh, they call it the Day of Reason. They have yeah. it in May to coincide yeah. with the Day of Prayer. Um, and they have a big banner that says, like, Minnesota Atheists. And I don't know if you remember uh, State Representative Phyllis Kahn. She was in the House for mm-hmm. a long time. But she was uh, one of the early pioneers who was willing to speak to them, I remember. And so, like, my first term, I came along with her, and she said something like, uh, she was speaking to them, uh, you know, I've successfully doubled the number of legislators that are willing to speak to you because I brought <laughs> Representative Freiberg here. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, and then since then, the numbers of, you know, I've been I've recruited a few of my uh, colleagues. I even got a Republican uh, member to come speak one time. Wow. Uh, I, sh- I should mention that, you know, the people who are open to that line of thought, do tend to skew Democratic. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't want to necessarily get partisan, but that is sort of the system we live in. That is something we've noticed with people on our show as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're willing to get partisan, so you don't have to. Uh, so I should also say that uh, uh, Nick and I have been friends with Mike for like 20 years. Yeah. Right. That, that, is worth, that is worth mentioning. I, yeah, I've known him as long as I've known you, because yeah. it's from the same place. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, now, and I didn't, I didn't establish. Are you? Do you consider yourself an atheist? Honestly, I, I'm not. I would say I'm not religious. I, hmm. I don't get. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what label to apply to myself necessarily. Non-believer. Uh, sure. I grew sure. up going to a Unitarian church. I think hey, you did as well, yeah, Nick, that's right. if I remember correctly. Um, and, uh, you know, I have kids now. They're 9 and 12. You know, occasionally we try to bring them back to a Unitarian church or something. But, I mean, essentially I'm a lapsed Unitarian. And if, like, the Unitarian church is too much religion for you, like, maybe just the whole organized religion thing isn't exactly your cup of tea. So it's very true. I, I've heard the term uh, apatheist. Sure. It's oh, like sure. it's like do I do I not believe? I mean, I guess, but I mostly just don't care because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't apply to me so much. Sure. Yeah, that work. That sure that works. <laughs> I guess. So within the the framework of politics, being somebody who is a, a non-believer, you you have to deal with believers a lot. Um, and does that does that pose a challenge? I mean, especially with the where our country is right now with a certain. Uh, individuals who are in control using religion as a as a tool to make decisions. Mm-hmm. How 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 do you deal with that as a politician? Uh, I mean, like I I believe very strongly in the separation of church and state. I you know I think a lot of you know certainly in the Minnesota House where I am, I think most of my Democratic or DFL as we say in Minnesota colleagues mm-hmm. uh, would agree with that as well. Um, but, I mean, there are things you have to deal with. I mean, in the Minnesota House, we start every session with a prayer <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and the Pledge of Allegiance, which has the phrase under God in it, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, I try not to be judgmental against people who are religion, but I, I, who are religious. Um, I think I'm generally successful at that. But, you know, wh- where I do draw the line is where they, you know, when they try to impose their religious views um, on other people who may not share them. Cause through I think, the law. I, yeah, through the law. I think that's unconstitutional, frankly, although mm-hmm. the, the current U.S. Supreme Court may disagree with whether or not it's unconstitutional. But uh, all I can try to do is keep, you know, keep fighting for what I believe in. Well, and it's even more important these days because everything is getting shunted to the states, you know, to, to have our state representation be somebody that actually does represent us. Is that, so you said they open with a prayer, and I, I know that's, pretty common in in uh you know local and national government um do they does the prayer ever like do they make an effort to be non-denominational or do they have it led by like a jewish community leader or something like that i'm I'm assuming they they try to diversify it a little bit but it's probably like you know 95 percent some flavor of christian that is uh no they actually do a pretty good job of making it uh, non-denominational. I, I don't know exactly what the requirements are, but I do believe they have some, uh, you know, general guidelines that they tell people who are, they have guest chaplains every day. Um, mm-hmm. And they, there have been rabbis, there have been imams who've done it. Um, there have been other members of the current, mem- mem- current members of the legislature who've done it. Uh, sometimes they just, um, you know, there's one member who likes to read the old turtle book <laughs> uh, sometimes as part of the opening prayer, so <laughs> so they, you know, so you know, there, so, so a, a lot of times it is, it's, it's, it doesn't bother me. There have been a couple times, you know, there was one time, right, I think the year before I got elected, where they had one guy who kind of went rogue, and it was, you know, President Obama was president at that point, and he he made some sort of comment about how he was, you know, 
uh, satanic or oh, something, and then that ended up uh, causing a, a, a big controversy, and they yeah. had to like rescind the prayer. I think. Oh my but, gosh! Um, but, I don't even understand what rescinding a prayer would do. Uh, it would, dear God, we are sorry. It, Ignore this. It does just as much as prayer. Well, there's yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Um, like using the Outlook f- feature to like, r- r- just it just <laughs> it just sends a note to God. That's like, the Minnesota House of Representatives would like to re- unsend this prayer. <laughs> control A, Control A. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you, uh, for you is that prayer time awkward? Do you? I mean, are are representatives expected to stand? Um, when you're doing One Nation Under God, do you kind of do what I do, which is just not say that part? <laughs> um, do, do, is, is there, or do you just kind of go, you know, whatever? There, I don't think there's a God who cares what I do, so I'm just gonna just that, gonna deal with it. Uh, that's probably accurate. Uh, I mean, yeah, it. I don't. I don't cause a scene or anything. I usually just. Uh, I usually just stand there. I mean, you know, the, you got to kind of pick your battles and. Um, I, I don't feel like, you know, campaigning against the prayer is necessarily going to win me lots of allies or political success mm. um, at the legislature. So I, I don't make a huge deal out of it or anything. Um, and, I, you know, I grew up, uh, I went to, it's nothing I'm not unfamiliar with. I went to a, I went to a Protestant high school. I mm-hmm. went to a Catholic college. So I'm kind of used to being in that sort of environment anyway. And Used to having prayer foisted upon you. Yeah, you yeah. just kind of ignore it after a while. Like, yeah. I, I went to a Catholic college, too, and it's just, there's crucifixes in every room, but yeah. you just kind of roll your eyes and move on, right? Like, <laughs> kind of becomes background radiation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So running for uh, the role that you have, running for a state representative, you said this year is the first time you're running unopposed. So clearly you are in a district where no Republican expects to win, um, which, you know, that's great. Good for you. But I, I'm wondering, have you ever even I, I assume that your opponents, because you're in a district that is heavily Democratic, that that it's a fairly safe seat. Have you ever had to face a situation where your opponent has used the fact that you are not mm. outwardly religious? You may not may not push being a non-believer, but the fact that you're not outwardly religious as a knock against you. Uh, no, I mean, I kind of, there have been times where I've wondered if that might happen, but um, I I try to kill them with kindness. Uh, you know, like when I find out who my opponent is, I invite them out for coffee mm. you know, right away. And, you know, I don't know, once you've had coffee with somebody, it's hard to, it's hard to get too nasty and slander them (laughs) yeah so so that hasn't happened it's you know generally when i have had opponents it's been pretty cordial um you know i try not to take uh, it it is i think my district's viewed as the district i represent i should say is viewed as a pretty friendly one for democrats i try not to take it for granted even now i'm still going door to door and you know just because i do have some new territory after the reapportionment and um, so I feel like I should like make an effort to meet some of the new constituents and so forth. But uh, you know, even though I don't have an opponent, so is that so? When when they when a, a, a party chooses not to run a, a, an opponent to you or to, to anyone in a, in a particular district, it's strategic and money saving. I'm guessing it's just like they're just picking their battles and not going to bother supporting anyone there, or is it just like no one's willing to do it? You'd have to ask them. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know, speculation. I mean, in Minnesota, we have a fairly robust system uh, of public financing of state elections. 
Um, so, you know, I've heard some people speculate. There are actually like 12 Democratic uh, state House members who don't have opponents this year. Um, and if you agree to certain spending limits, then you get a public subsidy payment. Hmm. Um, you know, in my case, it's like $7,000 towards my campaign, which isn't a huge amount, but in a state election, it can it can make a difference. And uh, I've heard some people speculate, well, maybe the Republicans didn't challenge so many uh, seats because they want to deny the public subsidy payment to the Democratic members. But then hmm. I heard somebody else say, well, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't assume there's this vast conspiracy when you can just explain something by simple incompetence. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't know if there was a greater plan uh, of any sort <laughs> in not having people run in these districts, but, uh, is, but yeah, go ahead. Is, I'm sorry, is the deadline for filing over? Yes. Like, so at this point, you know you're running unopposed, the seat is yours, and unless somehow they write in... <laughs> Somebody yeah. who, yeah. Yeah, unless something crazy happens, like I, I die or yeah, I withdraw yeah. from the race or I write Are you in telling me if you things. die, you're not going to show up for work and be the representative <laughs> for 43B? Yeah, uh, who knows? <laughs> People may have tried such a thing. Who knows? <laughs> what made you decide to get into politics? Uh, yeah, it was... I never thought I'd be this involved. I mean, honestly, I kind of wanted to go into music um, mm-hmm. as, as a kid, but... I remember I got into Oberlin College, which has, you know, which is like an hour west of Cleveland, has a good music school. I got into Georgetown, which is in the middle of D.C. And like I kind of I remember visiting Oberlin and seeing the students in the practice rooms looking really stressed out and just (laughs) thinking like I could practice eight hours a day and still not be guaranteed of having a decent music career. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, I'd be an hour west of Cleveland, or I could go like right in the middle of D.C. So like I, you know, I, I ended up going there, and I'm there. While I'm here, I might as well intern on Capitol Hill for mm-hmm. Senator Wellstone. And so I did mm. that, and then I worked on the Hill for a couple years and uh, moved back to go to law school. Uh, I'm from Minnesota originally. You know, I didn't even really want to be a lawyer. I just knew I wanted to come back. And then uh, uh, so there was an opening on the city council in the suburb I live in uh, when I was in law school. So I, you know, like, oh, I could do this. I grew up here. <laughs> I think I know the issues, and uh, gave that a shot and got elected to that. And then the, a few years later, the legislative seat opened up really unexpectedly. Sorry, you probably didn't want my whole. Life no, no, story. I don't. No, I, I very much. That's literally why she asked the that question. That is, that is yeah. what I asked. Yeah, that's because yeah. I know there are some people who listen who might be considering similar moves. And I just, you know, there. The, the, basically, it wasn't like you just decided to run for House Representatives. You had a career, I mean, a political career such as it was leading up to that moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't all planned out necessarily. I mean, a lot in politics, a lot of a lot of success comes down to like timing and luck. I mean, mm-hmm. it helps to be qualified and work really hard at it too. But sometimes you also just kind of have to be like in, living in the right district. You know, when right. it, when it opens up, and you know, if if it's you know, if you're a Republican in the district I'm running in, you you know, it's not impossible, but you have your work cut out for you probably. Um, and then there are districts that are you know swing districts where you mm-hmm. have to work, you know, really hard, you know, door knock every day for four hours and, you know, meet everyone possible and phone, do phone calls and raise lots of money. And, um, and it's, and it's a lot more work, but, uh, yeah, so it, it kind of depends. There's a couple ways you can get there. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're interested in it, if, if people feel like they want to get involved in politics, I mean, I've always heard, you know, just start showing up to things like, uh, city council meetings or any open meetings you can go to things like that like do you do you have any other advice for anyone that is is considering you know getting more involved in that way yeah no um, most cities have like citizen boards and commissions like even in the suburbs so like 
you know, where I am, there's like a park and rec board and a planning commission and a board of zoning appeals, environmental commission, human rights commission. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. I, you know, that's, uh, you know, a lot of times the, you know, you just, you know, fill out a form ex ex to express interest and you may have to interview with the city council or something, but that's a good way to get involved, um, helping out, you know, especially in legislative races, um, candidates can definitely use help. Um, so like, volunteering volunteer to go door to door i mean that's you know especially if it's a tough race that's the biggest thing i think particularly in a, leg a state legislative race like it's very hard to come by volunteers sometimes so um you know that's just a way to kind of learn what's involved you're getting uh, a feel for your your future career if that's what you know like yeah. if, if it sounds like you, i mean your full-time job is campaigning right now and you know when session is not when you're not in session yeah, I was going to ask about that because uh, the House of Representatives, you are paid something to be a member of the House of Representatives, but I'm guessing it's not enough to have that be the only thing you do. But for several months of the year, it pretty much has to be the only thing you do. There's not really, you know, with all the committee assignments that everybody has, with, with all the bills that are going through. So uh, how do you balance that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I know you I, I, believe, I know you have listeners all over the country, so it, it kind of varies from state to state. So some states do have, you know, especially generally speaking, bigger states, you know, New York, California, they do have full time legislatures and they get paid, uh, you know, enough to to just have that be their only job in Minnesota and, you know, a, a smaller states. It's um, it, it is a part time job and it's kind of paid like that. So if you're hmm. trying to raise kids and stuff, you pretty much have to have another job. So. Uh, like I'm a, I do have another job. Actually, I've had two other jobs at various points. Like I've been an adjunct law professor, um, and I'm a lawyer for a nonprofit focused on public health policy. Um, and it, it, it is, it can be tough to make it all work together. But um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to work at a place where they kind of understand the what a legislative schedule is like. So um, I, I don't stop working completely during the session, which in Minnesota is generally from January through May. But I do. Mm -hmm. um, but I do, you know, work part-time and have to take, like, vacation time and stuff when we are in hmm, session. Hmm, hmm. All right. So let's talk about Minnesota accidentally legalizing animals. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I realize that that is maybe not, not entirely true, but it, it makes for fine memes on the Internet. It certainly does. So explain, my explain this. Yeah, explain what first. happened. <laughs> yeah, well, so, I, I mean... I mean uh, the, the whole issue of like CBD and hemp derived products mm -hmm. being sold. I mean, they were all, it, they were all being sold already, but there was no, uh, there was no regulation of them or anything. So, uh, so we did, uh, pass a law that allowed for hemp derived products containing up to five milligrams of THC per dose. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, the extent to which it was accidental legislation is maybe, Debatable. I do think there are probably, I mean, uh, uh, based on the quotes from some legislators, there definitely are some legislators who didn't exactly know what they were voting on. I mean, I do think it's safe to say, you know, it, you know, you can get, it gets kind of technical when you're talking about, well, this is a hemp derived product. Yeah. Um, so they may, you know, the full ramifications of this actually being like legalizing edibles may have been lost on some people, even if they got kind of the general gist of what the legislation did but i mean a lot of this stuff was already being sold now there are at least some guardrails in place well and it shows how complicated it is i mean like and how silly it is that they've been trying to s prevent it you know like in the sense that like it sounded reasonable to them it's it's so um 
from, a, from like a, a little on the technical end of that, it's like there are a family of chemicals in various cannabis or cannabis related plants that have different levels of effects on you and everyone's body chemistry is different and stuff. So who knows? But, um, some of those chemicals had been kind of legal and the verbiage on the new law is it's just kind of that whole family of chemicals is now legal in this specific dosage, but only if it comes from hemp, not from, like more potent like cannabis plants. Cannabis plants. But yeah. it's it's kind of like saying like, well, okay, you can distill liquor at home, but only with potatoes, not with that devil <laughs> corn. But it's like the same chemical at the end of the day. Well, I mean, Minnesota is one of two states in the country that has a divided legislature. So the House where I am is run by the Democrats. The Senate is run by Republicans. Mm-hmm. So for anything to pass and to become law... It needs to pass both chambers and be signed by the governor. And the Senate has kind of been an... I mean, we passed a full mm. legalization um, of adult-use cannabis, uh, yeah. whether it's hemp or, or, cannabis, or the cannabis plant through the House, um, but the Senate would not agree to that at all. Um, so, yeah, it's this is probably a little illogical, but um, I would say it's... I mean, I wasn't there for all of the discussions around the bill exactly, but my guess is just this is what we were able to get the Senate to agree to. Yeah. And, and it might have been because they didn't read the bill. So, in some cases. so and, I, and I, again, uh, a lot of this comes from memes, so you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong. Was this part of an omnibus bill? Yeah, there were, um, there, there were other provisions in there. It was a health policy omnibus bill. So it would have been very because there's a lot in an omnibus bill, and I, I'm assuming you, of course, read every word of the omnibus bills, but not necessarily every representative and senator reads every. They they probably have staff that summarizes it for yeah, them. Yeah, have clerks that, that 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 help with that sort of thing. That's what that's what clerking a lot of it is. Is my understanding is reading reading that stuff and helping to kind of TLDR it a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, yeah, we do get we do get staff summaries. Uh, you know, they. Partisan staff tends to give summaries, I assume, you know, so we get a, a Democratic, you know, a summary from the Democratic mm-hmm. staff, and then the, I assume the Republicans get comparable things. And, you know, they probably got a summary that said this would legalize uh, f- up to five milligrams of, uh, of THC as long as it's derived from hemp, and maybe they, you know, then they agreed to that, you know, and the bill did a few other things, as you pointed out. So, um, you know, just I'm guessing the fact that maybe they... Th- saw that it was hemp and that was like acceptable to them you know maybe they didn't think through all of the ramifications of it but i i heard someone speculate that this is politically clever because it's untaxed there's not additional i mean it's it like sales tax can be applied because it's not food which we don't tax food in, in minnesota but uh it's it's clever because if any of the republicans want to get that sweet sweet weed money they're going to have to come back to the table to pass another law, and then it could be look. You could look at expanding this to something more general in terms of like recreational legalization in order to then tax it. I also think. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, that's yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Again, this is me trying to speculate on yeah. in the mind of a Republican legislator, which I can't always do. I, you know, <laughs> they they have stood pretty firm against full legalization so i I, you know i don't know that Mm -hmm. the tax money you know they've voted you know they've just 
said yeah. they're not going to do it repeatedly. So I don't know how much the tax money is a motivating factor for them. I've said this before that that it it just doesn't make any sense to me that you know one of the things that Republicans push is smaller government, but they're so in bed as we as we get back to the religious aspect of it. They seem so in bed with the religious right that even though deregulating drugs would seem to be something Republicans would want to do because it would Mm -hmm. reduce government. It's not something that they will do because when you, when you deregulate or or, or legalize drugs, you alienate what you consider to be your base. There's there's a moral failure. They're also pro cop and the the, the police union really doesn't want it. Like they're, they really don't want it. I was going to say, I just, I think the reason that the memes took off so gleefully is because we just really needed a win. Like it's just been <laughs> it's been a rough fucking week politically for news coming out. Uh and I think that finding this out it, and obviously the legislature wasn't intru- legislature wasn't introduced accidentally, you know, the vote. People didn't like, "Oh, I meant to push no, but I pushed yes." Like that's it wasn't like truly accidental. It was just that saying that feels so good right now. <laughs> and like we just really needed something to to be able to giggle about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I completely agree. It, yeah, uh, it, it has been a rough week. And <laughs> yeah. so if, if this can bring uh, people, you know, if this can bring progressive people some joy, I'm all for it. It's fine. We just don't get, we don't legally get Miranda warnings anymore. Little, Everything's uh, going to go fine, guys. Yeah. <laughs> a little progressive joy uh, goes a long way. Yeah. So, but as somebody who's a non-believer and dealing with a with a, a party that, that is so beholden i think is a fine term beholden to the religious right um has that ever created challenges for you recognizing that you are in the the portion of the legislature that is currently controlled by the dfl and has been controlled by the dfl for some time and likely to continue to be controlled by the dfl for some time let's hope so <laughs> uh, well, let's hope so in terms of likely to be continued to be controlled by the DFL. Yeah, no, it's been a problem. I mean, one of the bills that I'm, I've been chief author of for several years uh, is the medical aid and dying bill. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is modeled after the uh, what's called the death with dignity law from Oregon. It says if you um, have a terminal illness, meaning you have six months or less to live, then a doctor can prescribe for you a medication that you will take to end your own life on your own terms. We are big, big fans of that. On, I mean, the proponents of that in this podcast, for sure. Okay, yeah. great. And But, uh, you know, the uh, the primary groups that oppose it are the, the anti-abortion group, Minnesota Citizens Concerned for Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Catholic groups um, mm-hmm. are very opposed to it. I mean, in my mind, it's, uh, you know, a religious justification shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be the reason you oppose it. We have se- right. we're supposed to have separation of church and state. You don't um, have to do it. Yeah, but <laughs> no the, one's making you do it. <laughs> yeah, the bill. I mean, the bill hasn't. You know, as long as the Senate's in Republican control, um, I mean, the bill's not going to become law. Frankly, mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. uh, it's there's the Republican Party. You know, there used to be pro-choice Republican legislators in Minnesota. Um, they basically don't exist anymore. Pretty much any Republican legislator is, you know, not going to vote in a way that will upset the Minnesota citizens concerned for life. Right. Uh, so, so that bill is, you know, it's going to take, uh, you know, the Senate flipping to democratic control. Um, and probably by 
and there may be one or two Democrats there who aren't totally sold on that either. So honestly, so it might take take a fairly comfortable majority need a fairly comfortable majority for that to to become law. But I mean, I'm going to keep working on it. But it is an issue, just to your question, where. Um, kind of a religious motivation has frustrated one of my policy goals. If the House flips, uh, but and the Senate also flips, and so we, we end up still with a divided uh, legislature, but we're with opposite sides now, does the bill that you've introduced have to start? I mean, it, it doesn't stay just like in limbo until a new Senate can vote on it. You would have to, the, the House would have to reintroduce it to get it to, to stay? Yeah, that's, tr- I mean, that's true every two years after okay. every, like every new legislature. Okay. So every odd year in January, basically every bill that had been there the previous session kind of goes away. So it needs to be, it would need to be reintroduced. Interesting. I mean, yeah. I, that's what I assumed, but I was thinking maybe there was some kind of cool loophole where it was like, if you've done it three times, they have to vote on it. It's it, the, the way that Minnesota is like bicameral, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is the same way the, the country is. And that's that, you know, uh, the house is more based on your your population and and you know actually actually democratic representation and then the senate is more per county uh no actually um that that is the way i mean it, it, that's how it's done at the federal level but it, it's in the state legislature in minnesota anyway it's other states might do it differently but the senate is also population oh. based yeah i uh, think uh, the main main difference is the districts for the house are lar- are smaller excuse me yeah. than the districts for the senate yeah every uh state senate district in minnesota has two house districts within it so there's 67 senators huh. and 134 representatives um <laughs> some states do it differently but that's how we do it here it's so interesting that if they're both based on population, how one would skew so, uh, you know, much more like DFL, and the other would skew more GOP. It's not. Um, it's not so much. Uh, it, it's not gerrymandered here. Like we've had divided legislature basically every census year going back like forty years. So wow. it's, it's ended up that the courts have ended up drawing the district lines. Um, so uh, so it's actually been pretty fair in Minnesota. Um, one thing that can affect it, though, is the Senate. The Senate has four-year terms most of the oh, time, sure. and the House has two-year terms. So, like, if the House is up in a year that's bad for Democrats, then it might flip one way while the Senate just stays that way because they're not up <laughs> that year. Sure, that makes so sense. So, is the House and Senate up this year, or is it just the House? This year, it's both. Awesome. Um, so basically, the Senate is up every year, ending in two, six, or zero, and then they redraw the district lines um, and do it over again. Exciting slash well, nerve wracking. That sounds like I, a big election for us this year. Then. I will wish you good luck, not for your race, since you're running unopposed, and I don't feel that you need luck. But I wish you uh, good luck in terms of the uh, the DFL holding on to the House and maybe uh, maybe being able to pull it out in the Senate. It would be amazing. Because uh, because we do have a Democratic uh, governor, hopefully continuing, and maybe we could uh, could do some things like uh, keep uh, keep ensuring that women can get abortions in this state. It, and uh, maybe, it's in our constitution, so actually, I will say that like, it's it's pretty. It would have it would basically require a super I think a supermajority or a ballot initiative to turn it overturn it. But a, a ballot initiative, I think, is what it has to be, right? Yeah, but the way that the way that's done here is it's introduced in the legislature. So if the House flips to the Republicans and the Senate stays Republicans, mm-hmm. they could put it on the ballot. They here. could put it on the ballot. And then yeah. if it's on the ballot, you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. I mean, right. theoretically, more people.
people are pro-choice than pro-life. All of the but, all of the Pew research has been showing that. But, but yeah. it's all about who shows up exactly. to vote on exactly. It, which is what happened when we had the the gay marriage uh, and. Um, and uh, voter suppression, yeah, um, the referendum ballot initiatives that yep. we thought were both going to pass and then didn't. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's really. I would just say, if you live in Minnesota and you're listening to this, it is more important than ever to vote this year. Is especially in your state elections. Come to the primaries. Come to the you know do the stuff you got to do to be involved. It it. I know a lot of us tend to be like, well, whatever. It doesn't really matter that much. Uh, it really does. And Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota is a caucus state. If you live in a caucus state. And I realize some people aren't even yeah, not from, from caucus, the U.S., but, but yeah. if you live in a caucus state, you will have more impact on yeah. on what's yeah. going on than if it's just a primary yeah. state. Yeah, I use primary as a catch-all, but yeah. it, it is a caucus indeed. And, and if you're a you know atheist, which I, I think it's pretty safe to assume everyone listening to this is, or just about everyone, some flavor of it. If, you, know, if you see some some donation thing for uh, Mike Freiberg somewhere, go ahead <laughs> and, or, or consider getting involved. You know, uh, like yeah. Mike was saying, volunteering or um, mm-hmm. look at like. Uh, a, a board seat somewhere. Oh my goodness, the, yeah. pet, the pets have been uh, a lot tonight. They, they, are <laughs> they usually, have been very active. They usually just sleep, and they have been like wrestling and like licking us, and just like like the cat has gotten in to try to get to everyone's lap. The cat it jumped is, on on my lap, yeah, which it usually does not. It's nuts tonight. FYI, yeah. sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so we're going to move on to five questions. Hey. And believe it or not, Mike has already answered our new five questions as That's new true. as they are. That's true, and as he already a, wrote in so, as a patron. His yeah. questions got bumped to the top of that's the list. Right. His answers got and bumped to the top of the list. And that's why we feel okay about telling you to send some money to Representative <laughs> <laughs> I will say, uh, uh, because he's a very busy man, we did not get another. So we're going to, we're going to, we didn't do, you normally we would have Mike ask us five questions, but we're not going to do that tonight. And the reason is I actually got five questions from the skeptical jackal. Oh, the skeptical, the skeptical jackal, jackal the once again. The skeptic jackal. Skeptic jackal. The skeptic jackal. Uh, actually mid-June even though we're not doing those anymore and I was like well I'm gonna hang on to these because you never know when we're gonna need them and tonight's the night here it is hey oh all right, so uh, here they go. Uh, uh, just uh, skeptic jackal, you did say if you could re- read my answers after you answer, I'd be grateful. But then you did not answer your own questions, so I'm afraid I am unable to read your answers. However, we will answer your questions, my friend. So, question one. What power do you think absolutely nobody should have? I believe these are superpowers. So what superpower do you think absolutely nobody should have? And please elaborate. I I think like the vast majority of applications for mind control uh, are unethical. I was going to say mind reading. So I'm I'm in in the same, same boat with that. Like unless it's like a in like a therapeutic environment where someone's volunteering to be mm-hmm. read or changed in some way, but even then it's like okay, so then we have like psychic lie detectors. That's really murky mm. ethically to me too. Even yeah. if someone's you know, uh, consult uh, saying that they're you know consenting yeah. to it. I was thinking like X-ray vision has a lot of opportunities Ooh. for yeah. very creepy activities. Yeah, but, but yeah. I, but I, I think your uh, mind control answer is pretty hard to uh, hard to top. Yeah, I mean, I agree with those, and I think that just just to be different, uh, invisibility is something that could really mm-hmm. be ethically. Yep. A problem. But the question isn't what could be a problem. It's what should nobody have. Mm. Absolutely nobody should have this power. So Nick says mind control. Just like the 
I, I believe in the right to privacy and the right to privacy of your own thoughts. Would That's be why like I was saying mind reading. The, yeah. Mind reading to me is the one because I feel like no one should have that ability because my my thoughts should be my own. Yeah. Uh, in that way. Yeah, I mean, to, I reach the point with mind control. I don't. I don't okay. like storylines that involve mind sure. control. Okay, they, so. they bother me because I. I mean, it's not the same thing as rape, but there yeah. is there is that aspect oh, to yeah. it. It's yeah. an assault. No doubt. Yeah, so mind control, Mike? I guess I got to go, uh, especially considering the way the question is worded. I think I got to agree with you. Okay. All right. So All right. now, question two. What power do you think absolutely everybody should have? And please elaborate. Every <laughs> person <laughs> in the world will have this power. I, let's say that it starts at, at like, you know, age 14. Maybe the, the age of reason you can actually start having it. We'll, we'll, we'll make it. We'll, we'll, we'll put some kind I've of thing an answer. on it. Okay. Everyone should be able to teleport. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. If you want to reduce the use of gr- the emission of greenhouse That's gases. That's true. That's true. You, could, you eliminate airplanes. You eliminate cars. You, I mean, if you can just teleport wherever you want to go. Okay. That'd what be great. It, what if it's diesel-powered teleportation? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is not a what-if scenario. There's nothing in that question about, and how would you make it worse? Mike, Mike what do you think? What power should absolutely everybody have? Uh, the first thing that popped into my head, I mean, a lot of people already have it, is, uh, and I don't know if it's a superpower, but just empathy. Mm, no, that is, <laughs> yeah. I, that's very important. It seems like there's too many people that don't. So yeah. if, if, it's, if, if we're just trying to get a baseline for everybody, that's, I think, what I would go with. I like that i like that i, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like you know it's even better than uh universal health care mm-hmm. if everyone had superhuman healing oh, oh. just like, like not the luke cage kind where they can't even have surgery just no, like no, that's they, unbreakable like skin, the wolverine kind but yeah just like healing. wolverine mm-hmm. just like the wolverine a, kind a healing pretty factor free. yeah it would you know uh people wouldn't go like bankrupt out of medical expenses that and, is a good one that is a good one i was going to say teleportation like tim yeah, so i will yeah. i will piggyback onto that i agree with that all right question three if there was a way to acquire powers but the obtained power was random would you try to get one is uh, a ran i'm my answer is no oh I would not. I don't want to end up with a Chris Claremont era mutant power that actually sort of ruins my life. Congratulations, your beak, right, or yeah. something? Yeah, right. Like I don't want to. I don't want to like turn into a dinosaur when I get mad, or God knows what else could happen, right? Like so. Yeah, would it's a random. It's a random power. You don't. Know, you don't even know what the list is. Would you try to get a power? Yeah, I, without knowing what the list is, I'd have to say no. I mean, mm. it's like would I turn into Chairface Chippendale or exactly, you know, or something? <laughs> yeah, sure. Tim's yeah. going yeah. for it. Tim's I, going just, for it. Why not? I, I mean, I realize you know you're you're taking a chance on it being. You know, his, beak face. His children are mostly grown. What does he have yeah, to live for? What do for? I have to Let's lose at this point? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I mean, if I if I have to be a sideshow freak to make money, whatever. All whatever. right. All right. Yeah, I'm I, good. I would do it too because okay. I feel like there's no power so useless that you couldn't somehow monopolize on it or make it useful. Okay. Even the ones that are kind of a curse. You're taking a capitalist mindset. Well, not just that, not strictly monetarily, sure. but like, you know, beneficial you the for the cause. You could probably use yeah. it to help people in some for way. The yeah, yeah. Like, you know, worst worst case scenario, you get stuck with like a rogue power, right? Sure, like sure. where you, you know, you can't touch people and things like that. Right. And that would fucking suck. That would be real bad for us. That would be, be really it'd be, sad. It'd be bad news. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Question four. And what if... Like in the 4,400, you have 50-50 chances of getting a power or dying. Ooh. Would you still risk it? 
No. As an atheist, no. No. Yeah, no for me. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm assuming, Mike, you're still a no. Yeah, well, but, I mean, yeah. I, I was <laughs> yeah. a no before. So let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's take this bargain and make it worse. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I so this it. is a perfect question. like politics. This is a perfect <laughs> question for to have Mike on for. So uh, question five. Do you think that government oversight of powered people would be necessary? So people can have powers. They exist. Do we need a government agency? So there'd be like licensing and inspections of superpowers, right? Like or like like the like the the Federal Bureau of Powers <laughs> investigation kind of a thing. Like, do they have their own the, criminal code? Like, what's the? I mean, I, so I feel like yes, but like how what that means is a huge spectrum of like. Does that just mean we have? the police have like a powers division, like mm-hmm. powers bureau, or there's like an FBI that, you know, handles just power crimes. Or does crimes. it mean they all have to be like tagged and... Right, like, yeah. yeah. Is it, a, is it a, an elected body or is it an, mm-hmm. like an administrative mm-hmm. type appointed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think it only works if it's nonpartisan and I have no idea how you could make that happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That it would, be, it would be controlled by whatever party was in power. And I may have opinions about which party would do that better. Yeah. But mm-hmm. in the end, the fact that it could switch back and forth would make it extremely dangerous. Yeah. I think government oversight of people is necessary. So I think right. that government oversight of powered people would also be necessary in the sense that like, you know, but but I guess then now we have to, I mean, like we could go further into this rabbit hole of would powered be a protected class? Mm. Would it Would it be something, you know, would it be something similar to like if you can't what if, if it's the instance where you choose it then maybe it's not protected because it's more like a thing you you chose to to be like a cop yeah, but if, if it's yeah if you if you misuse the power in a way that contravenes the rules then mm-hmm. does the government agency have the ability to take away the power exactly from you right like, yeah yeah or, or, power and dampeners or you know you have a power that is like on its face just too Danger, like you're a human nuke, right? Right. Did 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 they get to just take away your freedom because you could hypothetically, you know, go off at any time? Uh, Yeah, it's rough. I'm glad I'm not writing that comic. It's a rough (laughs) decision. Yeah. Well, hello, welcome to the X Men. But uh, yeah, there it is. So thank you so much, Uh, Skeptic Jackal. As always, we appreciate you. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Skeptic Jackal, and Mike. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, it was great to have this uh, this discussion about politics, Minnesota politics in specific, but politics in general. If you'd like to know more about politics, uh, we could get you in touch with the representative Mike Freiberg. Uh, he'd be happy to happy to talk to you about <laughs> it. Do you, do you have a, a website or anything we can point people at? For uh, your... Sure. Uh, well, my camp, uh, campaign website is www.mikefreiberg.com. It's M-I-K-E-F-R-E-I-B-E-R-G.com. And I'll bet they could contact your office if they went to the the minnesota state legislature website uh yes the, yeah uh, uh, house.mn yeah, nice. get you there too mm-hmm. so especially if you're one of his constituents that's how to reach him so thanks mike for joining us uh by the way if you are a patreon supporter you could send us five questions we have five questions that we are asking people right now five answers. and we would like you to answer them Excuse me. By sending your answers to five questions at Geeks Without God, if you are a Patreon supporter, we will bump your name to the top of the list, only the bottom of the Patreon supporter list. Anyway, uh, I think there's something coming up that I'm needing to shut up for. No. Uh, uh, so 
We will be at Convergence 2022. Whoa. Uh, we weren't there last year because uh, not all of us were attending. And, and we of, weren't at 2020. Because there was no Because there was no 2020. <laughs> but uh, this year's kind of neat. Um, this is our podcast 10th anniversary because we recorded true. for the first time at Convergence uh, 10 years ago. So in um, the Hyatt 4 Great Lakes A2 room on Saturday, August 13th at 1230 p.m., we'll be recording live guests and topics TBD. Yeah, you can come check us out live. We'll probably have buttons or ribbons and that's on or August thirteenth. Thirteenth, August thirteenth. Check us out then, and uh, thanks so much, Mike. Thank yeah, you. Mike. I'm looking. I have uh, convergence tickets. For Yay! Myself. Hey, so, so come on to Geeks Without God live. Exactly. And we'll introduce you, everybody. Representative Mike. Mike. <laughs> if you think the legislature is doing something wrong, blame him. No, no. No, we will never get another representative on here again. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with that. Anyway, all right. So uh, we've been Geeks Without God. You've been our listeners. Have a great week. Bye. 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 All in favor of legalizing marijuana, say aye. Aye. Wait, what? We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging at geekswithoutgod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at geekswithoutgod, and you can even like us on Facebook. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Somebody was, was trying to call uh, friendly. <laughs>